WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 14th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Windy, cloudy, rain, snow, a little bit of everything today. All in the forecast. The high 40 here in the city tonight. Overnight clouds hang around low 40. And then Wednesday, windy, cloudy, high 46. Now, if you're in the northwestern suburbs, up in the upper part of the Hudson Valley, you are seeing snow. Everybody else is just kind of wet out there. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 37 and raining. Had to smile. I was listening to Frank on the other side of midnight talk about responding to people when they write you letters. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. And just last night, I actually called somebody who had written me a letter about something they were upset about. It actually didn't really have so much to do with me, but I felt like I was probably the best person to call and say, hey, sorry you felt that way. I had a nice conversation with her. And it also reminded me over the years, I haven't gotten one since I've been back, but over the years, I've received letters from prisoners. I'm not sure how exactly that works, but they're able to either listen to you behind bars. Honestly, I don't really know. But there was one guy that I said, you know, I don't know. I just felt like the way he wrote the letter that I should respond to this guy. So I banged out a letter and I sent it to him. And we had a correspondence. I don't remember how long it was because it takes a while till he gets it, then till he can write one and send one back. And someone at the station, when I got a response, this might have been the third or fourth time I received a response from this guy, said, do you know what he's behind bars for? And I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, never thought to look that up. And then I did. And I said, you know, this probably, this guy probably doesn't deserve to receive letters. <laughs> I stopped it right there. So no, always a good when someone's writing you from prison to probably see what their crime is before you decide to write them back. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A messy day of rain, wind, and snow on the way. Are more banks about to fail? A mom says she's shocked by what happened to her kid on a subway. President Trump was stumping in Iowa. And Spider-Man apparently alive and well in Queens. Let's get into it. 5.03 on this Tuesday morning. It was yesterday all about preparing for the snow. Again, for most of us, we're not going to see a lot of it and it won't accumulate. But up like Putnam County, places like that, grocery stores were packed. Me and Dad, we're hunkered down. We got our shovels ready. Okay. The game plan is is just to stock up on, uh, you know, good fruits and vegetables and a little water and, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Just uh, get ready. Any excuse to stock up. Even the grocery store near me, where it was just going to be rain, was packed last night. Putnam County Executive Kevin Byrne says they're ready for whatever comes. Began last night. We'll continue today. We're engaged with the utilities. Uh, NYSEC uh, is, is mobilizing a number of uh, vehicles and apparatus at their Brewster division. So they're ready. Meteorologist Dominic Rimon, he's from the National Weather Service, explaining what's going to pl- take place today. Given the temperatures, we're going to be above freezing. I think uh, it's unlikely likely that if we do see those snow showers that we see much more than a slushy coating at best. Uh, although best best uh, chances of seeing that are north and west of the city. It was falling as a little bit of a mix of snow and rain, but at least here it was just wet. Governor Murphy says New Jersey's ready. Northwestern New Jersey, uh, Morris, Sussex, Warren, I guess parts of Passaic could see more snow than we'll see here. If you are traveling, please let the state, county, and local road crews treat and plow the roads. Our highway crews especially work in formation. The issue might be here more than snow will be damaging winds. They could be up to 50 miles an hour today. Governor Murphy says uh, watch out for delays. He actually, uh, the offices, the state offices are on a two-hour delay today. With these winds comes the potential for power outages. If you lose your power Report it to your utility immediately. Of course, with the heavy winds, it'll play havoc for a little while anyway at the big three area airports. That was the case even at Newark yesterday. Three delays and not even 12 hours. My mom was on a 5, 5.30 flight. It got pushed back to like, I don't know, 6.30 maybe. I'm not too sure. Delayed the flight like twice today. My guess is you'll see a little bit more of that piling up this morning. Right now, it's not too bad. We're contacting friends we still have here in New York, um, trying to find a place to stay for the night. So we're just figuring out where to go from here um, and honestly trying to make the most of it. All right, we will watch this as it plays out all day. Again, the snow more north of us and northwest of us. Joe Nolan, of course, will have the full forecast coming up in just a few moments. W. ABC News Time 505, Suffolk County Police Department renewing its efforts today to find missing people. And apparently there are a lot of them. Let's find out now live from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison spoke at a press conference Monday saying the topic of missing people is one that hits home for him. I've also had a situation where Uh, I had a family member missing and the, the trauma it brought to my family. And now he's come up with a new plan to help find all those missing people, community ambassadors. Positive here that we won't be doing this by ourselves. We won't be doing this alone. Local resident Gail Bailey is one of these community ambassadors, a new team of more than a dozen volunteers who try to generate leads to recover missing people. This is a renewed focus. These people have not been forgotten, nor will they be. Harrison also revealed that the new initiative will involve using social media to help in the search. Every Monday we're going to have what's called a Missing Persons Monday where we're going to be posting uh, anybody that is missing on our social media platform. This comes as Suffolk police launched a search for 12-year-old Mertkan Kakmak who disappeared from his home Sunday night. Yeah, I feel like there's a podcast here, right? I mean, you could... The people love to solve mysteries, and this is, you know, a mystery. A missing person is one of those mysteries. I could see the the title now, Missing in Suffolk. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I think interesting. It'll be awfully, especially the volunteers involved. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and it is important to note that there are 65 open missing persons cases within the county, just as you mentioned that there were a lot. So it is good that they have a new initiative uh, Hmm. in place to help combat that.
Fascinating. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 510. Uh, this happening last night. Ten people, including four kids, taken to the hospital in a carbon monoxide scare on Long Island. The detectors going off a home, Buchanan Road. This was in East Meadow about 930 last night. Nassau County Fire Department chief says the highest carbon monoxide reading on the home was 1,460 parts per million, which is high. Officials then got the readings down to an acceptable level, uh, level rather, uh, no word on the condition of those 10 people. Out to the White House, where they're stressing that taxpayers will not be on the hook to cover Silicon Valley Bank after regulators seize assets of that failed bank uh, over the weekend. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the money for depositors will come from fees banks pay into the deposit insurance fund, emphasizing this isn't what happened back in the 2008 financial crisis. President Biden says investors of SVB won't be protected and management of that bank will be fired. The funds uh, are from fees on banks and not taxpayers. So this is very different than what we saw in 2008. I always get a little worried when people keep uh, reassuring us that everything's going to be okay, And that's what Kathy Hochul was doing uh, yesterday. Despite the jitters over the weekend. The banks are open, the assets are protected, the deposits are protected. So the bank shareholders, the debt holders, they will be wiped out. But the people who deposited money into banks like Signature and SVB, they will be covered. There will be no losses to taxpayers, as the governor noted. Uh, These deposits will be covered by fees assessed on banks by the FDIC. So this is not a bailout. Governor Hochul says they're keeping an eye on other banks. We don't have any evidence that anyone else is in a situation like Signature at this moment. We want to make sure that there's not a ripple effect because of people getting anxious, start withdrawing, then that creates instability. You know, I was amazed how many people I knew who do business with Signature. I mean, it's a huge bank. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But having conversations yesterday, there were a lot of people who said, yeah, I do business there. New Jersey vowing to provide emergency assistance to companies impacted by the collapse of SVB and Signature Bank. Here's uh, Governor Murphy. Our goal is to ensure that every New Jersey company caught up in this mess is able to keep the lights on to meet payroll pay rent and continue their day-to-day operations. So Governor Murphy says the New Jersey Economic Development Authority will use $35 million to fund a slew of services for entrepreneurs that are impacted by the failures. We don't know how many people that is. We will continue to keep residents employed and support companies that are vital to our innovation ecosystem and our economic future. Of course, there's always financial experts who want to weigh in on this kind of thing, telling U.S. consumers, they're telling us not to panic. And other people, more people telling us not to panic. Chief investment strategist Michael Sirio at uh, Ashton Thomas Private Wealth says the latest bank failures are a far cry from the 2008 financial crisis. Things were not rated properly. They were uh, banks uh, balance sheets were not in the position they are right now. Banks today are in much stronger positions than they were 10, 12, 13 years ago. I was listening to Katz and Cosby yesterday at 5 o'clock, of course, right here every day, 77 WABC. Their guest, one of them, was former Senator Alphonse D'Amato, and I thought he gave a great explanation of what is going on. Now, D'Amato sat on the banking committee for years. So if anybody's going to sort of understand what's happening here, it would be him. Um, the Federal Reserve Board finally, finally did something that made some sense by saying that they're bringing in somebody to supervise uh, the enforcement actions 
settled of the Federal Reserve, because there's no doubt in my mind that they have allowed a number of institutions, particularly the one out there in California, uh, uh, to operate as, as if there's no supervision whatsoever. Yeah, interesting. And he also said, you know, he thinks more banks are going to fail. That's his thought. This is from Al D'Amato, of course, the former senator here from New York, sat on the banking committee. We're going to find out that there are lots of other banks that are on the brink. You, you understand? They're on the brink because they've been pushing out loans that they shouldn't oh, be pushing out. You're right. They're fighting, and you're going to find out that the nation has a lot of banks, a, a great number of banks, who are in this position. They may not be as critical as as one in California or even Signature, but they're in trouble. I'm going to remember those words from the Senator on Katz and Cosby yesterday. Of course, you can hear Katz and Cosby every single day right here, 77 WABC, 5 o'clock. 5.15 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Alec and we say good morning, Justin. Good morning, Noam Aladen. We will begin in the NFL. Free agent negotiating period opened yesterday. The Giants signed free agent linebacker Bobby Alcaruque to a four-year, $40 million contract with $22 million guaranteed. 26-year-old thrived in Indianapolis in 2022, posting a career-high 151 tackles. This is expected to be one of the Giants' biggest free agent signings this offseason. They desperately needed a veteran middle linebacker in the middle of their defense, and Okoreki was one of the top available inside linebackers. And now former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and the Las Vegas Raiders agreed to a three-year $67.5 million deal, including $34 million guaranteed. The deal comes after the Raiders released longtime starter and now New Orleans Saint Derek Carr last month. And now to the NBA, where hopefully we've inched closer to a conclusion of this John Morant debacle out in Memphis. The star guard has now entered a council program in Florida and remains without a timetable on a return to the NBA season. Franchise announced that Moran, 23, would be out at least through Wednesday's game against the Miami Heat, but there's no precise timeline on, uh, timeline on his return to the team. The Grizzlies continue to prioritize his desire and need to get assistance after a series of concerning incidents that culminated with him brandishing a gun at a suburban Denver nightclub on his Instagram live feed on March Fourth And looking ahead to action tonight, your NCAA men's basketball tournament. That kicks off with your first four. Southeast Missouri State going up against Texas A&M, Corpus, and uh, Pittsburgh going up against Mississippi State. And local action professionally here. Looking ahead to tonight, the Nets are in Oklahoma City taking on the Thunder at 8 p.m. And the Knicks, they're in Portland taking on the Trailblazers at 10 p.m. And on the ice, Washington Capitals will pay the Rangers a visit for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Islanders are out in Los Angeles going up against the Kings at 10.30 tonight. And the Devils, they'll welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning for a uh, 7 p.m. puck drop as well. Here with sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Oh, lots coming up on this hour as we work our way to sit in friends in the morning at 6 o'clock. We'll give you the latest on the New York City bike path terrorist and what will happen to him now. A 15-year-old beaten up on the subway. 
His mom speaking out this morning. Uh, plans to build that air train to LaGuardia Airport. You'll give you the latest details on that. And Mayor Adams was on Sit and Friends in the morning yesterday. We'll get reaction and hear a little bit what he had to say. That and more coming up. But first at 520, a check of Wall Street with Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Financial losses continue to drag the market lower. The Dow Jones Industrials riding a five-day losing streak down 90 points yesterday. The financial crisis worsening for regional banks. Signature Bank, the latest to be shut down by the government. First Republic Bank shares dropping another 60% yesterday. Silicon Valley Bank shareholders suing for fraud. Monday's lawsuit named two top executives and SVB Financial as defendants. Similar lawsuits to follow after the bank shutdown last week. Shareholders allege. SVB failed to disclose the risk that rising interest rates pose to its business model. More key inflation data today. The consumer price index is forecast to be up 6% in February, down from 6.4% the previous month. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. The New York City bike path terrorist will spend the rest of his life in prison. He could have gotten the death penalty, but that's not happening. Say fellow Saipov, an Uzbeki national who lived in Patterson at the time, drove a truck he'd rented from Home Depot down the bike path on Halloween 2017, killing eight and injuring nearly a dozen. Allegedly, he was inspired by ISIS. The federal jury would have needed to be unanimous to sentence him to the death penalty. Instead, it'll be life behind bars. New York State no longer has the death penalty and hasn't executed anyone since the 60s. A New York federal jury's death warrant was last carried out in 1954. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. Man, kids can be mean. Cops searching for a group of teens who beat up a 15-year-old boy with special needs on a subway in Washington Heights. This was on Friday. These kids, not so bright. Not only did they beat up this kid, but they took video of him and then, of course, posted it to social media. Great pictures of the three involved. Uh, just a matter of time until they catch up with them. And you can imagine how difficult it was for the mother of this 15-year-old to watch the video. In fact, she told uh, Eyewitness News, she gave them an exclusive interview last night saying she can't watch the video. I have not seen the video. I refuse to watch that video. Nobody wants to see their kid being assaulted. This is the first time it hit me, like hit me directly. I always see it happen to other people. I never see it happen to me in my household. So it's horrible. It is horrible. This teen surrounded by a group of teens. They did not know him. So we're not sure what the connection and why they picked him out. They pummeled him in the face multiple times. They grab him by his jacket, yank him into a subway car, then back onto the platform. The teen has high-functioning autism. His mother says the attack happened during the rush hour commute. And she's outraged that other commuters who probably were around didn't seem to do anything to help her boy. New York City Transit President Richard Davey calling the video heartbreaking and disturbing in a statement he released yesterday. Riders who have seen the video, you know, they're shocked too. You can't pile up on a kid like that. No. Horrible that they pick on people, any people. So the good news is that the teen isn't terribly injured. I mean, he needs stitches, but his mother, of course, more concerned about the mental impact more than anything. In fact, yesterday he refused to go to school. WABC News Time 524, Michael Cohen, former personal attorney for Donald Trump, testifying yesterday before a grand jury. Cohen 
arriving in lower Manhattan in the morning, expected to return later this week. The Manhattan DA is investigating hush money paid during the 2016 presidential campaign to adult film star Stormy Daniels by the ex-president. Cohen claims he helped Trump make those payments. This is not revenge. I don't want to see anyone, including Donald Trump, indicted, prosecuted, convicted, incarcerated, simply because I fundamentally disagree with them. This is all about accountability. He needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds. Trump has also been subpoenaed, but his attorney, Joe uh, Joe Tacopina, says, uh, you know, he's not going to testify before the grand jury because they say this is all witch hunt and nonsense. There should be a healthy dose of disgust from the bar, the legal community, prosecutors, defense lawyers alike. Um, It's not what we do. This is not what we do. We are distorting laws to try and bag President Trump. So Michael Cohen apparently not done. He's expected to testify again tomorrow. Plans to build an air train to LaGuardia Airport have been shelved, maybe scrapped for good. Governor Hochul pulling the plug on the $2 billion light rail link after review showing costs had ballooned to more than five times earlier estimates. According to the New York Times, the plan had been a pet project of former Governor Cuomo. Transportation experts recommending a less expensive option, which would include increasing bus and shuttle service to the airport. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WA. ABC News. New Yorkers reacting to the big changes coming to Broadway. These drivers not thrilled that construction's underway to create two pedestrian plazas and two bike lanes on Broadway from West 25th to West 32nd Street. There's already a lot of traffic over here and people are having trouble parking. Of these bike lanes and these, these islands that they keep putting up, they're creating a problem. What is called the Broadway Vision Plan is aimed at creating safer streets, more public spaces, and more shared street space between vehicles, pedestrians, and cyclists. There will also be shortened crossings, wider crosswalks, more outdoor dining, and more planters. But, of course, that is more problems for people who want to drive through that area. The mayor touting this plan yesterday. You really appreciate the city when you're able to walk through it, ride through it, skateboard through it, and really engage in all the that this city has to offer. Yeah, this is a city that's being turned over, right, to the walkers, the bicyclists, the drivers, not so much. Our street don't belong just to cars. They belong to pedestrians, to cyclists, and transit users, too. Yeah, so in Cruz now installing a two-way bike lane on Broadway. There will also be those uh, sh- wider crosswalks uh, outside of the plazas. There will be shared streets with drivers that are encouraged and they're encouraged to go five miles per hour. We'll see how well that works out. Got a lot more to get to on this Tuesday morning. We're just getting started as we work our way up to Sid and Friends in the morning. Mayor Adams actually making a, an appearance with Sid yesterday, explaining why taxpayers should foot the bill for some migrants to attend classes at SUNY Sullivan. We'll hear that and get reaction from you. President Trump was in Iowa yesterday, stumping there in his bid for the race 2024 White House and Spider-Man, is he alive and well in Queens? We'll tackle that in the second half hour. That and more coming up. WABC News Time 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me. 
WABC News Time 531. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 14th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Windy, cloudy, rain, snow, all in the forecast for today. But the high here, at least in the city and the close surrounding suburbs, around 40. Tonight and overnight, those clouds hang around low 40. And then Wednesday, windy, cloudy, high 46. If you're walking out the door with us right now, just wet streets here in the city, 37 degrees. So happy you're here. So much to get to in this final half hour. Did you hear Mayor Adams? He was on with Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday. Uh, Sid having a nice long interview. We picked out some nice chunks from that interview. And one of the ones, of course, that has either people, I guess, okay or really angry is uh, Sid asked him about why taxpayers should foot the bill for some migrants who have come here from the U.S. southern border to attend classes at SUNY Sullivan. The mayor announcing uh, was about a week and a half ago that some migrants would head to the SUNY campus. It's a community college in SUNY Sullivan and take classes there. Here was his response to Sid's question. I'm not paying for someone to get a four year degree at a SUNY or CUNY or private institution. No, we're doing an experiment with 100 asylum seekers to teach them skills so they won't be dependent on our city. You know, to teach them English, to teach them some type of trade, uh, so that they won't be uh, dependent. They would be self-sufficient, which they want. Everywhere I go and I speak with asylum seekers, there's only one ask they ask of me. They don't ask for a place to sleep, food to eat, uh, clothing. They only ask one thing. Can we work? Can we have a job? (laughs) And so what we are doing is taking these uh, asylum seekers and trying something new the mayor's uh, pilot program would have 100 migrants head to SUNY Sullivan. He did not say how much it'll cost, but likely the price tag would be over. It had to be over a million dollars just based on the current tuition for two semesters at SUNY Sullivan alone. Uh, Sid also asking the mayor about the chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the Jets. It's looking more and more likely that's a done deal, at least according to one NFL insider reporter who says it's a done deal. The Jets, uh, Aaron Rodgers, neither are saying anything, but here was the mayor on it yesterday. Listen, I, I think Aaron is a solid player, and sometimes you have to change uh, your uh, ad- altitude to get to the level that you want. And, you know, just sometimes, you know, you've done the best you could at a run at a particular location. It's time to move on to something new. There's many layers to life. It's not one layer. And so if he could come and add to the Jets chemistry of that winning the title already and bring that to New York, I'm all for it. I'm a Jets fan. And then uh, the mayor not backing down on his statements about having prayer in schools says um, he thinks that might help things out. You know, this is the country where we say in God we trust on every bill that we use. Uh, after I was sworn in, the last words I said was, so help me God. Well, we, who are we kidding <laughs> yeah. here? Yeah. Um, we, we are a, a, a country of faith. The mayor got a lot of heat from the New York Civil Liberties Union for making those statements, suggesting prayer in school could help in city schools. They, of course, said their separation of church and state and that the mayor should go reread the Constitution. WABC News Time 535.
we uh, three times a week, we send our own Bob Brown out onto the streets to f- ask you what is the question of the day. And this was a simple one yesterday. Are you worried about the money you have in your bank being safe right now with the failure of SVB in California and with regulators taking over Signature Bank here in the city? I'm trying to not freak out about it. Because we got so many things to freak out about right now, and I just have to hope that they figure it out. And it's already come to the wire with this government multiple times, with you know defaulting in the government, and you know. So I just got to keep my fingers crossed that they do the right thing. Some of the banks are failing. Are you concerned about your money in your bank? Yes, I am. I am very much concerned. I mean. It's something that you've worked hard for all your life. You think the government should bail banks out again? Remember in 2008, the government bailed out the banks? What is the bank doing for you? You put your money there, they hardly any interest. They use it. They, get, they gain more interest than you do. So I don't think it's a good idea. Bank failures now. Are you worried about your money? Have you heard about that? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah does it concern you or? Yeah, yeah it does. You keep a lot of money in the bank or just average, you know, your average? Oh, I mean, I have a company and, and you know, our, our money was actually tied up at Silicon Valley Bank. So you can't get it at the moment? It uh, looks like we'll be able to get it out today. Yeah, look how many people have connections to that California bank or to Signature Bank here in the city. All those people who Bob spoke to, and he spoke usually speaks to a lot of people, uh, said they had some concern about what might happen next. Hey, out in uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey, do you remember the Nabisco plant that was there until 2021? If you lived nearby or you ever drove nearby, sometimes you'd, he, you could smell the sweet smell of cookies baking there. It was there for, I think it was 60 years until it closed down in 2021. Lots of people losing their jobs. The latest thing that's going to happen is they're going to implode some of this building. And uh, nothing better than sitting and watching an implosion. So it's set for Saturday, April 15th at 8 a.m. You can, I don't know how close you'll be able to get to the site, but you'll be able to watch it from a distance. The nearly 40-acre site expected to be cleared to make way for the building of a warehouse uh, the, after all those years, Nabisco and Fairlawn gone after 2021. Told you about this when we started the show on Monday. Eight people dead, potentially over a dozen missing after a pair of suspected human smuggling boats capsized off the coast of San Diego over the weekend. Immigration attorneys say this is one more tragedy that shows migrants are getting more and more desperate to leave their countries. To be able to proceed and bring the people responsible for this to justice. That's really what it's going to take to be able to disrupt those human traffickers. Yeah, we're getting more information on this story. That's, uh, by the way, Esther Clayton with uh, an immigration attorney in San Diego. San Diego. She says the circumstances aren't 100% clear here, but this is what they think. These people may have been forced onto these boats for labor or sex trafficking. And um, uh, that's when these boats capsized somewhere off the coast. Not really sure what happened. Lifeguards responded to a 911 call saying two boats had capsized. Fifteen people on board. Eight bodies have been recovered so far. Out to Iowa, former President Trump taking aim at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as his 2024 campaign is off and running. Had a speech yesterday in Iowa. Lots of people lining up to see the ex-president. He ripped into his fellow Republican over farm policy, claiming DeSantis often voted to cut subsidies for agricultural products, including ethanol. He was very, very bad on ethanol. He fought it all the way. And he also fought against Social Security. 
He wanted to decimate it and voted against it three times. Former president also accusing DeSantis of wanting to cut Social Security and Medicare. It was Trump's first Iowa stop of his 2024 presidential bid. Came just days after DeSantis visited the Hawkeye State. He was there over the weekend. Meantime, Trump told reporters that he probably now regrets ever endorsing DeSantis for governor. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell out of the hospital today. His office announced that the Kentucky Republican was discharged Monday after being treated for a concussion and a minor rib fracture. McConnell was hospitalized last week after a trip and fall during a private dinner at a Washington, D.C. hotel. The next step will be a period of physical therapy at an inpatient rehabilitation facility before he returns home. McConnell turned 81 years old last month. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S., United Kingdom, Australia, all entering a deal now to develop nuclear-powered submarines. It's a multi-phase process with the training of Australian uh, sailors and other personnel to be able to take on the responsibility and stewardship of uh, nuclear propulsion. That's White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. He says the move will help counter threats in the Indo-Pacific, including China. To help ensure peace and stability, to ensure that there would not be the repeat of major power conflict that we saw in decades past. Sullivan says the move will help in, well, at least two ways. Not to provoke, not to go try to fight wars, but rather to deter conflict and to promote peace and stability. A bridge in El Paso, Texas, back open after a rush of migrants closed it down Sunday afternoon. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick says he wasn't surprised by the quick action from law enforcement. DPS, Border Patrol working together. They put the call out for backup and our state was there to support them. So hundreds of migrants, maybe you saw some of this video, most of whom were from Venezuela, stormed the Paso del Norte International Bridge after hearing word that the border may be open for express asylum. You could have had bloodshed on the border. How would the Mexican troops have responded? How would the those rushing the barbed wire responded? How would our troops have responded? Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick says Mexico can help by closing their southern border. Their border is much smaller than our 1,900-mile border. They could stop these people from even getting into Mexico. WABC News Time 544. An investigation underway after a three-year-old girl shot and killed her four-year-old sister. This was in Houston. Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez shares some of the details. At some point, um, it appears that... Um, one parent thought the other parent was maybe watching the other children uh, when, in fact, the two toddlers were left uh, basically unsupervised in, inside uh, the bedroom. Deputies responding. This was a Sunday night to reported shooting at this apartment complex. The younger girl reportedly got hold of a gun and then accidentally shot the older girl. The wounded child unfortunately died at the scene. The three-year-old gained access to a loaded semi-automatic pistol. Yeah, how do you leave a gun lying around the house? Gonzalez talked about what led up to the shooting. Uh, family members heard a, a single gunshot. They ran into the room and found uh, the uh, small toddler, four years old, uh, on, the, on the floor, unresponsive. Not clear if the parents will be charged in this case. Waiting to hear. 545 now. Let's move over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellick. Thank you, Gnome. We will begin with NFL's free agent negotiating period opening up yesterday. The Giants signed free agent linebacker Bobby Okereke to a four-year, $40 million contract. Sure that's his name? Yeah. Okay. O-K-R-K. 
Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Is cool. that right? Yeah, it is right. Okay. I even put the little, uh, you know, hyphen thing in, uh, okay, okay. in parentheses there. No. So, ha! Ah, to a four-year, $40 million contract with $22 million guaranteed. The 26-year-old thrived in Indianapolis in 2022, posting a career-high 151 tackles. This is expected to be one of the Giants' bigger free agent signings this offseason. They desperately needed a veteran middle linebacker in the middle of their defense, and Okoreki was one of the top available inside linebackers. And now former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and the Las Vegas Raiders agreed to a three-year $67.5 million deal, including $34 million guaranteed. The deal comes after the Raiders released longtime starter and now New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr last month, and now to the NBA, where hopefully we've inched closer to a conclusion of this John Morant debacle out in Memphis. Star Guard has now entered a counseling program in Florida and remains without a timetable on a return to the NBA season. He's the- such a low life. I, I mean, it, you see all these fights he's gotten into. Yeah, I mean, like like fights with, with innocent people, brandishing mm-hmm. his gun at every opportunity. He's a real low life. Well, he's on a, uh, I guess you could say, a losing streak as of late. So the Grizzlies continue to prioritize his desire. I guess, and need to get assistance after that series of concerning incidents that culminated with him brandishing a gun at a suburban Denver nightclub on his Instagram live feed on March 4th. So we'll see when, if, if and when he makes a return to the Memphis Grizzlies. And looking ahead to action tonight, your NCAA men's basketball tournament gets underway with the first four. Southeast Missouri State taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and Pittsburgh takes on Mississippi State, both later Tonight and local professional action. The Nets out in Oklahoma City taking on the Thunder for an 8 p.m. tip. The Knicks out in Portland taking on the Trailblazers at 10 p.m. And on the ice, the Rangers welcome in the Washington Capitals for a 7 p.m. puck drop. And the Islanders are out in Los Angeles taking on the Kings at 10.30. While the Devils, they welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning for a 7 p.m. puck drop as well. Here with sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories up in uh, Carmel, New York, in Putnam County. Last night, people prepping for the storm. It's falling as snow up there. Me and Dad, we're hunkered down. We got our shovels ready. Okay. The game plan is is just to stock up on, uh, you know, good fruits and vegetables and a little water and, you know, Mm-hmm. And just uh, get ready. People love packing the supermarket. Putnam County Executive Kevin Burns says they got the sanders, they got the plow trucks, everybody's ready. We're engaged with the utilities. Uh, NYSEC uh, is, is mobilizing a number of uh, vehicles and apparatus at their Brewster division. Most of us, it's just going to be wet streets. Let's check in with the uh, meteorologist Dominic Ramon from the National Weather Service. Given the temperatures, we're going to be above freezing. I think uh, it's unlikely that if we do see those snow showers that we see much more than a slushy coating at best, uh, although best best uh, chances of seeing that are north and west of the city. Yeah, so the issue for a lot of us actually is going to be the wind today. 50 miles per hour at some points could meet some uh, electrical outages, some downed trees. Here's Governor Murphy out in New Jersey. With these winds comes the potential for power outages. If you lose your power Report it to your utility immediately. And as Joe mentioned, uh, some flights already canceled. Others delayed at the airports. People last night waiting for their flights to take off. Three delays and not even 12 hours. My mom was on a 5, 5.30 flight. It got pushed back to like, I don't know, 6.30 maybe. I'm not too sure. Delayed the flight like twice today. Yeah, so we're not seeing a lot of delays this morning, but they may pile up as the day goes on, especially if those winds start to kick up. We're contacting friends we still have here in New York, um, trying to find a place to stay for the night. So we're just figuring out where to go from here um, and honestly trying to make the most of it. All right, we will watch this as the day goes on. Again, right here if you're just waking up now. 
most likely you are to wet streets if you're in the close proximity of the city surrounding suburbs up Putnam County, higher elevations in the Hudson Valley and northwestern New Jersey. You may be seeing some snow, maybe not as much as was expected, but you will see snow before the day is out. An astronaut who grew up on Long Island came home yesterday to inspire some local kids. NASA astronaut Lieutenant Colonel Jasmine Mogbelli returning to Baldwin to Lenox Elementary School, where she went to school, and to inspire the kids to become astronauts. Lenox Elementary School is where I first had the dream to become an astronaut. What's it like being back in these halls? It feels incredible. A lot of it feels the same and very familiar. Like, I remember these same walls. I remember the gymnasium that I'm talking to the students in. Mogbelli graduated from Baldwin High School in 2001, uh, most recently from the Nassau Candidate Program in early 2020 with missions to the International Space Station, Artemis, missions to the moon, and ultimately missions to Mars in her future. And uh, she was pretty excited to be back at the school. From when I graduated from Lenox, it took 22 years before I got the call to become an astronaut. Yeah, you got to love success stories like that. Of course, students thought it was pretty cool that they got to meet a real live astronaut. She was nice and friendly. I hope that I learned just like her and maybe I could be an astronaut or maybe I could reach my dreams like she did. Yeah, and that's exactly why she went to visit that school yesterday. New Jersey launching its first ever multi-city summer. Music Festival. The month-long series called North to Shore is the brainchild of Governor Murphy and First Lady Tammy Murphy. This party, which is the best and biggest party across the Garden State, will be held over three incredible weekends in three iconic cities with legendary performances that no one will want to miss. So the event will feature entertainment icons like Halsey, uh, Gavin DeGraw, Stephen Colbert, he sings, along with other rising stars. So far, at least 27 venues across the state taking part in the event. Governor Murphy says it's kind of a local take on Texas's South by Southwest that happens in Austin. But uh, he said it better reflects New Jersey's values of diversity and freedoms, whatever the hell that means. The hell with that, man. Let's do this in Jersey. Let's start our own unique brand of festival. Let's do it our way. Let's celebrate our diversity and the freedoms and our great economy and our great talent. It'll be interesting to see who signs on to this. Whether you're a hip-hop fan, prefer Mm -hmm. country music, rock, Latin, avant-garde, jazz, folk, soul, or world music, we will have something amazing for you. I'm curious to see what it's all about. A set of triplets is the first to be born at South Shore University Hospital in its 112-year history. Dr. Jolene Muscat says the occurrence is so rare that it usually happens with assisted reproduction, like, of course, in vitro fertilization. That wasn't the case here. These three were naturally born and uh, here's the doctor. And these were natural tri- tip- triplets or spontaneous triplets, um, which it re- occurs in about one in every 10,000 pregnancies. So really quite rare. Yeah, it was a big deal for this hospital uh, out on Long Island. Sophia, Brianna, Mia, first set of triplets to be born at the hospital located in uh, Bay Shore. Everybody was all revved up because they were ready to do their role and do their part to give these babies the best care they could. So you can feel it. Everybody was joyful. It was and stressed at the same time. It was an all-female team that birthed these babies. Uh, Mama and her three new kids are doing just great today. In the uh, stories of Spider-Man and comic books, Peter Parker, who was Spider-Man, was known to live in Forest Hills, Queens. Did you know this? So at one point, back in 1980... 
in two issues of the comic book, they revealed the exact address of Parker's home, which was 20 Ingram Street. So you had to have both issues back to back. In one issue, it was a change of address form. And in one issue, you could see half of the change address form and the following issue, the second half, and you'd had to put them together. And you think, who does this? But apparently a lot of people did. And over the years, the people who live at 20 Ingram Street have received hundreds of letters from people who want to communicate with Spider-Man. Okay. Our board member, Pamela Parker, grew up in this household. It was her mother, Suzanne Parker, who actually started getting some of these letters and thinking uh, they were odd at first, maybe a prank. It wasn't a prank. So the City uh, Museum, Reliquary Museum, is putting together all these letters that they've received over the years from fans from all over the world. Some of them are really hoping that Spider-Man can provide the equipment that they need. In particular, he's known for the web slinger, right? And uh, kids want to be able to shoot that web slinger. Yeah, uh, would you ever think to write a letter from a magazine putting that thing together? But apparently hundreds of people did, and they've received hundreds of letters. You had to be a true fan that's following it from issue to issue to see the subsequent issue where you actually see the other half of the change of address form, and you get to put those two pieces together. Yeah, so the cool part is if you're really into Spider-Man, the City Reliquary Museum in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, is going to show off all these letters that this woman received over the years. We are just a minute away from another edition, the Tuesday edition of Sit and Friends in the Morning. Let's find out what's going to happen on the big show today from Justin Ellen. Well, uh, a big whole lot, no, Maladen, on your Tuesday morning, uh, just a couple minutes out here from Sit and Friends in the Morning, bottom of each hour. You don't want to miss the minicast clip of the day today featuring the other side of midnight and our friend Frank Murano. And then 940 this morning, our Tuesday installment of the Peerless Spoilers Sid's Take Contest. You don't want to miss that. Get your chance to beat Sid. And coming up in the way of guests, 740 this morning, Bo Deedle for his weekly Tuesday morning segment, 825. We'll hit some nuggets with Gnome Laden, 840 this morning, uh, the councilwoman Vicky Palladino. And wrapping things up, 9.05 this morning, Yankees legend Roy White. So another big program coming your way. Just a couple minutes. We're ready to go. Yeah, that's a show. All right. Yeah, that's what we call it here on our at the radio station. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Yep. Sitting friends in the morning. <laughs> coming up just seconds away. We're out of here on a Tuesday morning. So happy you joined us. We'll do it all over again tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Don't go anywhere now, though. Yeah, Sid and friends in the morning, they are up next. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.